0: Backboard banter on the board with your host, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the Banters as ferocious is that Giannis 50 plus point on 70% shooting game. Second of his career, second in a week with him and Damian Lillard. I know Damian got the 60, but man, these guys are
1: too good. Giannis is wild. He is a beast in this league. Underrated in the MVP race. You know, many people are saying that his stats are you know, letting him down this year. But again, this is also the conversation of statistics are a problem, blah, blah, blah. Either way, Giannis, absolute beast, definitely a top three player in the NBA at worst, for sure.
0: Bros, top two <laughs> at worst. <laughs> like, you you could maybe make the argument for Luka and for Jokic, but, like, if you're going to make the argument for one, you can't make it for the other over him.
1: Uh, absolutely. For you personal know, opinion. Impressive <laughs> for him, you know. The Bucks still hanging out there, second seed in the East, doing what they can. Giannis just going to sneak his way into another hopefully good playoff run. But, Matt, let's talk about picks. Because on the one side of this podcast over here, we've got the legend himself pulling it off. And on the other side here, hey. we've got another guy just falling flat over and over again.
0: Man, it's because I didn't do football this year on the podcast that that's the reason for it. And uh, they were just, you know, waiting for me to come in with those god tier picks. Eleven and one, man. Only done done in by my Minnesota Vikings. Um, I should have picked the Giants, man. I and
1: should've. you know what? And that that one right there is also a pick from the heart because you know that that Vikings fan inside you really wanted it. So you know we can't really blame you. You're you're human, okay? We're allowed to have a little bit of air here in the air. You talk about the Raptors. You know they're not going to turn around. They're not going to make it a trade. Well. They definitely haven't turned it around, that's for sure. Not a great week, and there's so many rumors about trades happening that we got to believe something's going to happen. But we'll we'll get to that later, Matt. Myself. You know, I was looking at that 49ers game thinking, you know, Purdy's the backup backup QB, he'll be fine. Nope, he goes down, so they got to pull the next guy. And what do you know? He gets hurt, so Purdy's got to live back. Like 49ers, man. You and QB, not going well this season.
0: Dude, it is comically bad for them like unfortunately like they go in with their third string quarterback who's been really good this year right like brock Purdy was undefeated up until this game he'd been playing pretty well and then he tears his ucl in the first you know five minutes of the game or whatever then josh johnson who has played on more nfl teams than games started in his nfl career which was actually a joke that I made to Mitchell, uh, you know, Mitchell, my brother-in-law um, yeah. on the couch. We were watching the game. He came over <laughs> and I was like, yo, totally has played fewer games than team. <laughs> and it comes out that that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, the 49ers actually kept it pretty close considering they don't, they didn't have a quarterback. Like if a guy gets knocked out of the game, and then has to come back into the game later because the other guy got knocked out, who was your fourth-string quarterback,
1: yes. and now
0: he can't even throw. Like, they're lining up Christian McCaffrey at, in the Wildcat situation. Like, it was not pretty for them, and, like, it was it was bound to happen for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles do look very good and i'm worried about the chiefs here man i'm thinking that the eagles might be able to pull this off but i'll make my prediction now,
1: yeah we'll we'll get into it later it's an interesting super bowl for sure mahomes i'm sorry what third super bowl in four years is that am i correct in saying that matt like yeah just he's... another notch in his belt basically
0: dude he's Never not hosted the AFC Championship game when he's the sure. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that means he's always been a Final Four team, and he's always been the quote unquote favorite to win. You know that 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 you know game before the Super Bowl, and it's it's spectacular what he's doing, man. He the the league runs through him at this point, and it's it's not even close. I mean, it's Mahomes as Tiger Woods and everybody else is the field. So. And
1: it's appropriate too, you know, considering that Tom Brady did retire. He came out, he said he's retired. We probably believe him this time. You know, he's, he's done what he's wanted to. We'll see the story now. <laughs> he released a video where he was actually
0: emotional about it as opposed to like a t- uh, tweet, yeah. as opposed to like, you know, this message on, tw- on Instagram or Twitter. Like he actually showed his face saying it and you could see that there was definitely some 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 sadness to it so i don't think he would have been that sad if he was planning on changing his mind and his stated goal was always 45 and he played until he was 45 it might have been the worst you know win loss record of his career but hey he was 45 man the only time this man has ever had a losing season is at the age of
1: 45 like only how much you can do. I mean, hey, Jordan still gets considered the GOAT, even though he wasn't that great when he came back in his later season. But I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get Matt too riled up when we start talking about basketball. So I want to say let's talk about more positive things, but I, I think it's negative season because we got to go into this Raptors chat time. we got to talk about this squad. Aww. A 1-3 week. OG gets hurt in the first game of the week, and we're on this road trip without him. And now he's going to sit out this whole road trip. And we all know it's because, you know, he, he's not as injured as people think. It's mostly just because of the trade block. But, man, not a fun week for Raptors fans all around.
0: Dude, it's it's been a tough, tough week. I mean, coming in after that Kings game, we were both kind of, you know, a little bit higher on them. And, and we've been going back and forth on whether they can pull it around. And, you know we both agree that there's way too much talent on this roster to be kind of where we are. And then again, it was a disappointing game against golden state, but not one that was super surprising. Uh, They had a good bounce back win against Portland, but then the the two losses against Phoenix and Utah, just, they're just gut wrenching, man. Like Phoenix without Devin Booker, Utah, who is literally trying to tank for Victor Wembanyama, but is doing a better job at winning than us, who is trying to make the playoffs and trying to take a step from their fifth seed last year. And like, it's, it's pathetic, man. Like, it's just, I don't know, what do you want to say about it?
1: I mean, it's just super disappointing, you know, to, to look at these games themselves, right? Like, So many offensive boards, so many second chance points for this team, so many statistical wins in categories in these games, but we lose in the long run. Moments where the boys are just lacking, the right rotation isn't there, and it hurts, you know, like, I, I was looking at, I was looking at that Blazers win, and I was like, okay, you know, OG, you know, maybe not the end of the world, we can survive without OG, but also that I remember that it's the Blazers, and if you hold Damian Lillard down, which, You know, he had 30 points, 10 of 20 shooting. We held him down, but it's the Blazers, so it's whatever. But then I thought about the next two games, and I'm like, you know, they're relatively close. You know, the Suns really only pulled away at the end of the game, and that Jazz game, you know, right at the end, we lost it. Like, do we win those games with OG, right? Is that the conversation that the front office is having right now? Like, as much as it sucks that OG is injured and we don't have him to prove whether we can win or not on this road trip, it almost alleviates that question of, well, we're losing without him, so is that the direction we want to go?
0: It doesn't matter, man. Even with OG, like, we've been losing these type of games all year, where we've been in the games, we've been close, and then, you know, for as Great of a first month month as we had in the fourth quarter. We've had the rest of the season as a nightmare in the fourth quarter. Man, like we can't hit buckets when it matters. We can't run our sets when it matters. We can't clamp down on defense when it matters. It just doesn't look like anybody on this team really wants to work together. Yeah, I whether it's they don't believe in the system they don't believe that the their players are going to be able to read it right. And if they make a move, the guy, you know, who's supposed to be covering them isn't going to rotate and it's going to be an easy basket. Like, I don't know what it is, but they just don't look like a cohesive unit. And that's, that's their biggest issue to me. It's, it's, it's not a talent level because Utah looked like the more talented team than us last night, but we all know, that if you were to take our roster side-by-side, especially at the beginning of the year, nobody was taking Utah's roster over Toronto. Nobody. Right? Pascal Siakam, you know, supposed to be a, a top 15 player in this league. They have Laurie Markkinen, who people probably had in the 60 range, you know, at the start of the year. And yes, he's proven to be better than that. But come on, man. Like, how are we getting beat by
1: Utah out here?
0: When we shot 27 extra attempts.
1: And, you know, it also comes down to the classic conversation that we've had all year. There's two real struggles that the Raptors have had, and whether that is, you know, a product of the 6-9 conversation or it's just something that we need to figure out. It's we have guard problems and we have big problems. And when a guy like Walker Kessler, who I, I will feel slightly responsible, I did pick him up in fantasy last night, Knowing he'd have a good game against the Raptors, but come on, man. I wasn't expecting, what, 14, 15 blocks? Sorry, 14, 15 rebounds, seven blocks or so from the guy? Like, we are getting abused by subpar centers in the league. And we can have as many 6'9 guys as we want, but that has to be, you know, looked at and adjusted in the future.
0: Look, man, I don't know if I'd call Walker Kessler a subpar center at the moment. Uh, just because he is the second, uh, you know, second rated defender in the entire NBA when it comes to inside presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's behind. Who is he behind? Uh, it doesn't matter who he's behind, but he's 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 up there. I think it's Jaron Jackson Jr. who's number one. Um, so, you know, good company to keep. Yep. Uh, he's ahead of Rudy Gobert. Like he's he's really the guy that we should have hoped for at at center in our draft pick and if you know he went at 22 and if we had kept 20 and not had traded for fad young we possibly could have gotten this man it's like the desmond bain thing all over again so to me like there's a lot of chatter like you said about about the six nine experiment and is it proving that it doesn't work i think that the six nine six nine experiment does kind of work but we need stronger pieces that are not 6'9", and we also need a coach who better utilizes our players and doesn't run them into the ground for every single game that we possibly could potentially win. Because we're not winning enough to to justify playing three guys 36 minutes a night.
1: We're not. And when it comes to the rotations as well, right, you talk about, the 69 experimenting working like i think if you're going to have your stars being 69 you're looking at the LeBron James style you're looking at the Kawhi Leonard style which is proven to work in the NBA the problem is is that it's such a guards league it's such a movement based league right now and if we don't have the right pieces you know on that part of our court we're in trouble and yes you know guys like Siakam and OG can hold their own against the majority of centers in the league But that's why I started with the center conversation, because, you know, we we talk about the centers easily, but it really is the guard situation. It's why Gary might be getting traded. It's why the Fred trade conversations are so high right now. It's because you look at teams around the NBA that are having success, right? They have superstar guards. They have star level guards, guards that can really run the show. And I love Fred. We love Fred for what he's done right now. But we've always liked him off ball. Liked him not having to be the main presence. Like, he was a stunner against the Bucks in that championship team because nobody was expecting him. But he was just this little guy running off ball, doing the crazy things that he did, right? So, after, it, after it, it, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, it might be time for a change simply because the league may not work for the pieces around our 6-9 experiment.
0: And look, man, I think Fred and Gary are both good guys. Gar- Excuse me. I think they're both really good guards. I think that they they've got a lot to offer. And Fred is an all-star level guard. Like he he proved it last year. Oh, yeah. Even over the last last month he's played out of his mind good. Like he had a triple double against Utah comeback, last. Night. Yeah, his second career ever triple double both against Utah, funny fact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but he's actually been, you know, that Fred VanVleet that we expect. But it goes to our lack of depth in that position as to why these guys kind of peter out, right? Like, when Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton are your two backups and your coach doesn't play your two backups, that's where it falls off a cliff. Like, that's why I think, like, subbing out a piece like OG and Anobi, who Precious is making it a lot more realistic of an option to sub out og because he can yeah. develop into that og role he's a little bit bigger than og he's a little bit more athletic than og he's just as quick with his feet he can stay in front of guys on the perimeter he can develop into that and getting a you know guard plus a bunch of picks like a, a Devonte graham out of new orleans and a bunch of picks a yeah. Terry rogier out of charlotte and some picks um if you could get darius garland from you know cleveland (laughs) i don't think they'd give him up but you know something along the lines it doesn't need to be a a, you know a darius garland level player like i mentioned Devontae graham terry rozier level players would do just fine as long as the the other assets you know equal doji's value like that's fine with me because it would alleviate Freddie from playing 37, 38 yeah. minutes a night. Maybe he only plays 31 a night. And in those 31, he's giving you the all-star Fred VanVleet level play night in, night out. He's not, you know, one night he's great, one night he's bad. One night he's great, one
1: night he's bad.
0: The next night he's maybe mediocre. Like, you know the, that pattern? Like, we, we need to and get you, out of it
1: for him. You can also add to that with the idea of how many times do you think a a bad shooting night can be attributed to Fred coming off the bench, realizing our bench unit wasn't able to hold up, we're now down, and he's got to make some hero ball plays in his mind because it's his team, right? He may not be the guy because Siakam is the guy, quote-unquote, but it's still Fred's team. That's kind of what we've always agreed on. So if you can get him a backup, right? Like We were even talking about the Knicks, right? Because the Knicks are the ones that are rumored to have given three first round picks for OG, like, you know, you get a little something from that team as well. And you're Man, in business if, yeah. if they're willing to give up that, right? Like it looks like a guard situation needs help. And we talk about how, you know, we have all these options, you know, in our three and our four spot. Well, it'd be nice to have a couple options in our one and two spot, right? Because that's kind of what Fred and Norm were able to be for a while with Kyle, right? Being able to let Kyle run the show and they could flex out depending on who was having the right game and the right matchups as well. And I think options would really help benefit Fred right now. And Delano and Solano and Flynn are not there. Whether that's their own fault or, or Nurse's fault is another question alone.
0: No, I, absolutely, man. And I think that like the lack of development on their part can be attributed some to Nick Nurse maybe their ceiling wasn't as high as, as, you know, Masai and Bobby thought at the, at when they drafted them, mm-hmm. but they did draft them over some pretty decent players, man. You know, like, and I know Delano Banton was a second round, a later second round pick, but he's flashed. Like that 27 point game earlier this year, um, literally his first game as a Raptor when he hit that half court shot, right? Like he's flashed some ability. And for him to have not taken any step at all, for him to be back in the G League after he dominated it last year, right? Like, he dominated to the point where he should have been able to get consistent minutes with the Raptors. Man, he runs and, the G League.
1: He runs our team in the G League. Like,
0: And he can't get consistent minutes up here. So, I don't know, man. It's just, it feels like a Nick Nurse problem. And it also feels like a top of the roster isn't good enough problem. You know, our Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet combo as one-two isn't as highly rated as we anticipated it being. We probably anticipated them being a top 15 duo in the NBA. And right now they're looking like a bottom five duo.
1: You know? This is also a slight problem that can maybe be attributed to the idea that I mean, I don't want to say this, but like, you know, this is a business, basketball is a business, and like, are we talking winning, or are we talking development, right, like, that's the side of the coin that I think teams that are in that midpoint are are really trying to to fight that line, and, you know, the fact that there finally are some rumors about the fact that Nurse's job might actually be on the hot seat, you know, he's, he's only on contract through next season as well, so, you know, if things don't go well, and they actually do decide to sell the farm, like, You could be looking at Nurse being gone, you know, this summer and and a true rebuild putting in place. And I'm on board with that if it is a developmental focus, right? Because you can have this winning mentality that we love from the Raptors to have, right? Like, you can't just be a team that doesn't want to win, you know, unless you're just, like, focusing on trying to get better, even though you know you're going to lose. That's the only opportunity and option at that point.
0: So, But even then, you want to be competitive.
1: Well, that's the thing, like everyone's favorite tanks, you know, OPC fans for the past few years have loved to lose games by two, have loved to lose games by one, because it means that they had a good game. Their, their boys showed up and played, but you know, they're getting another good player, hopefully come the end of the season. Right. So there's, there's these fine lines that you have to fight in the NBA and the Raptors, I think have been losing a lot of battles in the directions that they've decided to make in the past year or two. Well,
0: yeah. And I, I think that's the exact issue, right? Like, after tampa we were supposed to be bad we end up being you know pretty good yeah. uh, in the second half of the last year we were probably a top five nba team what it looked like and then so this year we're making the decision that you know we have to be good because of of the progress that we made last year yeah. and so nick is is super hyper focused on winning every single game that he can and unfortunately he's just you know, not pulling the right strings. Yeah. Our guys are collapsing at the wrong times, and we're not getting enough out of this group. And the fact that, again, like you said, we were 48 and 34 last year, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we already have 30 losses <laughs> this year in 52 games, 54 games, something like that. i it's, it's just sad, man. Like, it's just, I don't know what happened, like, did the messaging change? Um, Has he not adapted to the league playing us differently? Like, there's so many things that I feel like it's a coaching issue because, again, like, take our roster and compare it to every single team in the play-in. You would say that we have, at least, you know, in Siakam, the best player. Maybe you could say Trey Young. Yeah. You know, out of that group there, maybe Bradley Beal, but I would still I think Pascal Siakam over Bradley Beal in recent years, right? And then you take Fred VanVleet and like who's their second star? Maybe again Atlanta in and, and Murray, but after Murray, it's a pretty stark drop off for Atlanta. Whereas we still have OG, we still have Precious, we still have Gary, we and I haven't even gotten to Scotty. <laughs> you know, like we should be good. And that is, I think the most frustrating part for fans, for us, watching this team is just the lack of of cohesity and the lack of ability to, to get it done. It just looks like they're fighting each other and the ball on every possession.
1: There's definitely more going on in that locker room than we as fans have been allowed to see, have gotten the opportunity to see, which I like. I like that, you know, there's not a lot breaking out of our franchise like we've never been a leaky team you know if that's the right if there are the right words to use there so it'll be interesting to see where this next week goes because everyone's just waiting on the raptors like we've kind of agreed that you know there's a lot of teams out there there's i think seven teams now that have at least been knowingly in the hunt for OG. So everyone's just waiting this next trade week to see what's gonna happen that's for sure
0: yeah man and i think a lot of teams are, are holding up on us because they're hoping that they can see what OG's worth. They can see what a Freddie's worth, a Gary Trent Jr.'s worth, and then, you know, base their packages around similar offers. Because um, like you said, you know, that that Rudy Gobert trade, so an established, you know, high-level NBA player has really kind of, you know, changed the market for some teams and changed the way that they, they view trading. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens I think there's a ton of teams that really want OG and Anobi, and like I said, precious makes it easier to swallow. Let's go get a bunch of assets for OG and Anobi and see if we can't you know fill out our roster. Because at the end of the day, man, like we're keeping an open roster spot for flexibility. Plus, we have Otto Porter Jr., who is yeah, Otto Porter Jr. He's he's uh-huh. worse than Street close. He's worse than Street close, man. Um. Like he is. He's, He's basically a ghost at this in a point. bed, man, yeah. like in a hospital bed, man. Like I don't know, Ghost Man is good too. Like it's it's not good, and so we're we're shortchanging ourselves with our roster as it is. Like we can't take flyers on guys like Jeff Downton Junior, and then just you know banish him to the G yeah. League, and 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 take a a guy like uh, Justin Champagny, who played well for us last year and then banish him and cut him from our team. Like, we don't have enough talent in the guard spot, and we don't have enough, you know, ability to attract free agents to just give up on guys like that. Yeah. And I think that's been severely lacking with our development program. You'd mention that the Pistons might be looking to fire Dwayne Casey. Honestly, I'd bring him back.
1: I mean, the, the, com- the conversation around Casey is, you know, you look at guys like Sadiq Bay, rest in peace, I'm still sad about this. You know, there's there's players on that team that are not taking the steps that people were expecting this time this year, and so yeah, Dwayne Casey is slightly on the hot seat. And wouldn't it be poetic for Dwayne to come in, bring up the next core, and then uh, let's make the trade, let's get a championship with the next coach? That would just be you know, who knows that might happen. It would be fun. It'd be kind of fun.
0: Oh man, it's just it's so sad that we're at this point, and like the fact that we're just we're kind of in limbo and if if we don't make a change man i'm going to be so sad like we need i would fire sale at this point i would go tank i'd go get you know scoot or victor pair them with scotty and at least you got you know a championship level duo potentially at least based on draft position and at least based on pedigree and i think that's something that's like really been hard for Raptors fans to admit about Fred VanVleet and and Siakam because they have looked so good at times and they have been, you know, a lot of people consider Siakam the second best player on that championship team, even though we both know he wasn't. Uh, Fred VanVleet, you know, was the only guy to steal finals MVP votes away from Kawhi Leonard in that, you know, championship. So those guys have those moments, but again, they were four fifth. You know level of importance on our team. I would still, I would probably rank Mark Gasol, like, in terms of importance, over Pascal Siakam to that championship run. And so, like, they're just not those guys. They're not the guys that are going to take you year in year out to the championship games. And if they're not going to, we've talked about it before. What's the worst thing in sports?
1: <laughs> being being purgatory. Men, yeah, being purgatory. Yeah. So
0: like. We did that with you know Kawhi or with Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. We're doing it again with these two guys, and they're not—they're yeah. not Kyle or Demar. Like they're not even close. Because at least with those guys, we were number two in the Eastern Conference, and we looked sick. Yes, we got blown out by LeBron, but at least we had good regular seasons, man.
1: Man, and there's so many teams that lost to Jordan, lost to lost to Bird, lost to Magic, lost to the greats of the past. That's just. That's just the the way that it is. And, you know, I do appreciate the Gasol comment. You know, if you go back in time, you'll find Matt still being upset about that trade when it happened right at the beginning. Ah, yeah. gotta, gotta remember. I was so pumped for that trade. Every, I was disappointed. I
0: know you were. Every time I see JV, man, I just think, like, <laughs> he could be on our roster. Maybe we don't have a championship and that sucks. He could still be on our roster and we could actually have, you know, NBA average center. Point. Oh my
1: god! So true. Okay, so let's 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 talk about the OG trade for a little bit. You know, I think we've brought up most of the opportunities, but when it comes to like the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, like what are we really looking to get back here? Like obviously we want picks, but you know maybe picks aren't the best option. So what are these players on some of these teams that would really you know get us excited? Uh, you know,
0: well man, like I like I was saying, you know Devontae Graham and a couple of those Laker first round picks. Um, that Golden State first round pick from uh Memphis and a guy like Desmond Bain, like, please, I, I know we p- probably can't get Desmond Bain, but I would take Desmond Bain for OG Ananobi. Man. Um, I might even do it straight up if- because <laughs> we have a surplus of value of what OG brings. Yes, he's our best defender, okay, but. You know, Precious can slide in there. Siakam can pick up a little bit of extra slack. Scotty has been showing more defensive prowess lately. You know, he's anticipating better, he's rotating better, he's directing traffic better. So we've got a ton of that of you know six eight six nine long athletic guys. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, and we've talked about it for weeks. We need another guard. Yeah, so the Grizzlies are really desperate to get OG and they're willing to move Desmond for OG. I think that just fits our roster better. And that literally could be the kick that, you know, really flips this whole roster and glues it together. Right. Cause it seems like we're, we're we have a puzzle and we're and, stacking too many pieces on the same pile. We need to spread out our pieces that fit together better.
1: Yeah, and you know we talk about how you know Donovan Mitchell could have been that shooter for our team. Desmond Bain can can fill that role and maybe be a better defensive presence even. Although you have to admit, you know Mitchell's really stepped up his defensive oh. game in Cleveland. But I think mean, that's enough for the OG trade. You know maybe the Suns get involved. I've heard rumors about that, and we move some things around. <laughs> But who
0: are they going to give us,
1: man? Like Mikael
0: Bridges, like he is OG Ananobi. I've Um, heard, I've
1: heard Cam Johnson rumors, which, you know, I like Cam Johnson, but still no, no, thank you. Yeah.
0: Like you'd have to give us a bunch of unprotected first along with Cam Johnson. I saw some Suns fan that was saying that the Raptors and uh, Suns can't make a trade because OG Ananobi isn't. Um, that much better than Cam Johnson, and Pascal Siakam is only marginally better than Deandre Ayton, and I was like, "Yo, talk about overvaluing your guys!" Yeah. Like, and like, Deandre Ayton is not even half of what
1: Siakam is worth. Like, and Ayton <laughs> might be the trade because of you know the sign and trade rumors from the summer, but still, n- n- no, no. So we'll we'll see what happens when when this when this trade season you know continues next week. We'll be talking about it. There might still be a trade or two going on, but like. I look at this week ahead that we have, you know, with the Rockets on Friday, the Grizzlies on Sunday, and the Spurs on Wednesday. I wouldn't be surprised if we, if for example, we lose to the Rockets and the Grizz on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday is the phone call days. You know what I mean, where the trade potentially comes together, and that Wednesday game, we're missing a player or two. You know what I mean.
0: Hey man, if we're gonna go for Scoot Henderson, like that's exactly what I want. Because again, we need we need some kind of help out here, man. And the trade market like is really being held up by us. So I think there's going to be an explosion after we start making trades. I think guys are going to start getting moved. Actual values are going to be more realistic. And, and a guy like Jay Crowder is actually going to, you know, get to a new team. I think he looked great in, in uh, Milwaukee. He's like kind of like a lesser version of OG, um, but provides a lot of similar qualities and, Milwaukee's like missing a
1: player like that. He kind of does what PJ Tucker did for them. You know, it would have been nice to have a guy like that, but yeah, the trade market is really just, you know, wait for Toronto to do something. And then I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see a bunch of like, you know, smaller trades guys for a couple of second rounders here or there, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my, my prediction you'll hear later will probably be a similar type of situation. Uh, come down the road but do you want to talk about some of these win and loss streaks like the Pelicans with nine straight losses for example like we knew it wasn't good with Zion going down and obviously Ingram missed a bunch of these games but nine games in a row? Dude like I was so excited they had finally
0: proven <laughs> to me that they were a good team you know they were number one two in the West with the Grizzlies I'm all excited I'm all you know up on my high horse thinking yes I I knew the Pelicans yeah, were going to be the good. Heck? They they were a year behind where I predicted them to be good, but Zion's finally going to be healthy. You know, they load manage him. Yeah, I can't catch a break with this team. I think I'm officially off the Pelicans. bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> like even as good as they are and as deep of a roster as they have, I just, their stars are too injury prone. Like, you know, the best abilities availability and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, lack that key factor in their game and so really like their most consistent best players are CJ McCollum and and Jonas Valanciunas and like
1: that's a decent squad it's it's not champions it's why the it's why the OG trade to the Pelicans is like kind of ironic because it's just adding adding another slightly injury prone player to that core so yeah it might it might work out for them but yeah man Pels nine, nine games. It's still, when I read that, I still was like, there's no way. Cause like, you know, the Spurs at seven games is reasonable. We expect them to yeah. lose, you know, they're going to hover somewhere between, you know, two and seven game losing streaks every time we talk with them. That's to be expected when you're going for the worst, you know, win, win loss in the NBA.
0: Dude, they're going for Wemby,
1: you know, like they got him in their sight
0: and like, that makes sense. But no, nah, man, like the fact that like the pelicans are this bad is kind of ridiculous the fact that the wizards have won six straight man like where is this coming from and the wizards are literally the personification of being in purgatory those the teams for the last i want to say 20 plus years have never been a top three seed but have never been like a bottom two seed like it's just so weird i don't know man like
1: Hey, shout out, shout out to Cal Kuzma. He's been playing real great. That's the reason, probably mostly, why they're on this crazy win streak. But you know, when you're in the you when me? you're in the East, and you know, you're trying to get a positive record, like they're, they're not even a 500 team, and they're comfortably in the ninth seed. You know, they're not comfortably, but they're doing pretty good now.
0: Well, dude, I, like we talked about it, like the third seed in the Western Conference has 21 losses, right? Like they're only 29 and 21. They're only eight games above 500. That that is so unlike the NBA. And yeah. uh, to bring it back to Washington, man, uh, since the, the retreat, uh Denny of Avija, he's been playing really, really well. He's gotten mm-hmm. more kind of runway, and more leeway to, to actually play his game. he's looked really good in that position, but
1: man, Denny's yeah. going to be the next Bradley Beal of that team. Like good, but just kind of stuck and nothing happens. Like, that's what I see.
0: Like maybe if, if he's lucky to get to Bradley Beal yeah. levels, man, like, they're looking at, like, um, a competitive roster that gets bounced in the first round from a team that actually has a superstar, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what we were last year, if you really think about it. We were a, a very competent team with a player who's not a true superstar, made it into the playoffs, got bounced by a team with a true superstar and Joel Embiid.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Can't deny that. Sad, I mean. man. It's <laughs> the truth. That hurts. Uh, it hurts. It does. I hate Philadelphia. Like For me to say that, like, that hurts. Bro, cool. the fact that Philly's doing as well as they are, and, you know, let's not talk about Philly. Let's, not, let's talk about Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got five wins in a row. You know, we t- we started with Giannis on this pod, but we'll briefly touch on them again. Like, they're doing good. But again, they're just another one of those teams that has got so much talent, knows how to play really well. Holzer has taken all of the criticism from this podcast over the past few years and has become a really... Let's be honest, man. He's a good rotational coach. He kind of does the right job with the right pieces.
0: Bro, he's always been a decent rotational coach. He always has, you know, the chess pieces that he wants to move, and he moves them. The issue with Budenholzer is in a playoff series, when he makes his move and the guy counters. Yeah. He goes, uh, I don't know what to do. And then he's he gets beat. And so like, I still see it that way. I really do. I think if they had a better coach last year, they might've been able to beat Boston. (laughs) Like I just, I don't see Mike Budenholzer as a, as a great coach, but again, you know, a coach can only do so much. They, they coach the players in front of them and they, they should maximize talent. And I think that when they're not maximizing talent, that's when you have to really look to move on. And, you know, Bunholzer hasn't maximized his talent, but he hasn't depleted it. He
1: hasn't Nick let his talent seems down. To be
0: depleting our talent level. Okay. Like we are having a tough time just getting average level performances out of our guys
1: and speaking of average level guys doing unreal performances not exactly the right transition but I want to talk about Naz Reed now you know the T-Wolves have had a very you know mediocre se- yeah a tier transition right there no
0: perfect
1: the T-Wolves have had a mediocre season but last night against Golden State you know uh magic in a bottle happened so role player Nas Reed put up 24 points, was it? I believe. Here, yep. the guy went off 24 points, 13 rebounds. Look, Golden State is the defending champions. Whether or not they are going to defend that is a conversation for another day. Nas Reed, backup center, may have just decided that you know, who is Carl Anthony Towns? Who is Rudy Gobert? This is my team now. The guy went off. Like they were down fifteen or so points in the fourth. They brought it into OT. He misses the three pointer to win the game. Gets his own rebound, puts the put back dunk. Like, man, you gotta love when role players go off, man. Makes me happy at least.
0: Dude, yeah, it's 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 really nice to see and it's it's a case of a player just playing within their game and yeah. and you know, letting the D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, the stars do their thing and and provide that that missing piece, that missing ingredient. And I think that what happens in the NBA a lot with guys like Cat and guys like Gobert is they want to be who they've always been. You know, like the the best player on on a bad team. But yeah. They want to be the best player. You know, and it's it's not conducive to when you're actually trying to build team chemistry and championships. It's why the best teams are the teams that grow organically together, right? Like, like the Golden State of 2014, like the Memphis team that we're seeing right now, yep. growing organically, finding your, you know, who's your number one player or even Denver, man. Like, yeah. think about, you know, what was it? Eight years ago when they had Nurkic and Jokic and they there was a real debate about who they're going to keep take, and yeah. who they're going to, you know, build around. And they decided, obviously, correctly, to keep Jokic. And that team grew organically through the draft and, and through development. And Jokic developed into a top three player in the NBA. Man. And they're riding high this year, man. Like, they are, they are looking scary out west.
1: You've got me thinking about a Jokic-Damian-Lillard pairing now and how unfair that that could be for the league. But, yeah, no the denver nuggets i'm a super happy you know i'm a nuggets fan matt knows i've been a big fan of this team for years basically and to see them comfortably like as we can say that now comfortably atop the west at this point pretty exciting for denver fans you know the window i don't want to say the window is only open for so long for this team but michael porter jr injury prone how long can aaron gordon be this guy that he is beside him like Murray's relatively young. Jokic is an anomaly. So, like, how long is this window open for them? So this, this could be the year for Denver to really make a statement for Jokic. You know?
0: Yeah, hopefully, man. I'm, I'm hoping that he can validate those two MVPs um, yeah. just to to prove that he was worthy of it. Because it would kind of suck if if it went down as like the Steve Nash kind of MVPs, right? Like I feel bad for Steve Nash because he won back-to-back MVPs and yet everybody brings it up as like the worst two back-to-back MVPs ever. And you're like, that's just not fair. Like and the man,
1: the man was literally voted the best player in the NBA, not by his own choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you want to follow the Giannis trend, you know, get two MVPs, get disrespected, go win a finals MVP the next year. Right? Like that, that's the way that he could do it following those steps.
0: And then still always be disqualified from winning MVP. <laughs> Apparently, like this man can't catch a break. But uh, dang, hey, you don't
1: you know want what happens in two K, where like Luca takes over and wins like twelve and you know MVPs in a row, and nobody else gets an opportunity to come in. All right, they there's got to be some balance in, in the voting factors.
0: Like, I guess, man. Like, there's I should just go to the best player. Like, I hate this narrative of like, oh, who had the the best season. You know, based on purely just statistics and team record, it's like, well, who's the guy who keeps his team chugging along even if he takes his foot off the gas a little bit? That's Giannis. This, this Giannis is, the is playing at eighty percent right now throughout the season, and he is still far and away one of the best players in the NBA and carrying the squad. Like, if he played at a hundred percent all year, his statistics would be that much better but then he wouldn't win a championship, and then everyone complained complain about that. So well, just- this
1: is, you can't win, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, you can never, you can never win, everyone has a different opinion of what the best is, what they enjoy, right? You know, the fact that him and Harden had beef for a while, because Harden didn't believe Giannis had quote-unquote skill, which is still an absolutely stupid argument, not the point, but like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes down, the MVP race is going to be fun, because like, we have had so many people actually in it this year, and. You know, I think it's kind of it's centered down on, on a few couple of names, and you think about um, the the Jokic and Embiid game that happened last week, for example, right, where Embiid came in being like, oh, "This is an MVP game," right, and he showed up, and Jokic was like, "I'm chilling, I'm I'm doing my thing, I'm," you know, like that's kind of the the storyline of the different mentalities of the players too. So it's going to be an interesting race, you know, for the rest of the season for yeah. sure.
0: Definitely, man, like. A lot of people believe that Jason Tatum, uh, it's his award to lose, but, like, I would argue, you know, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis deserve more than him. Probably Luka Doncic. Like, I understand that Luka's only 11th place in the entire NBA and and Boston's first, but...
1: Come on. (laughs) You can't you can't forget to add LeBron's name in there for what he's doing at 38 years old. If Kevin Durant didn't get injured, he probably would still be in this conversation. Like, it's... As much as it kind of is not a beautiful time for basketball because of, you know, the refing controversies and, you know, a lot of weird stuff's happening, there's a, so many good players, and it's still a beautiful time for basketball.
0: Bro, the refs have been bad for the last 30-plus years. Like, come on. Like, me. what are we talking about? 75 uh, years? Like... I'll
1: give them 30 uh, at least. <laughs> uh, all right. So last thing, last thing to bring up, besides the fact that obviously Dallas is in an ice storm right now, and they had to postpone the uh, Pistons-Wizards game because Detroit literally couldn't get out of Texas. They couldn't get out, basically. There's so much ice. And they might actually yeah. have to postpone the Pels game tonight, which, you know, Pels fans would be pretty happy about. They More time for Zion to get healthy, right? But the, the last thing to bring up is this Rising Stars game. You know, they mentioned some names obviously Ben Caro leading the cast of rookies and Scotty leading the cast of sophomores with Scoot leading the cast of the G league players. Like it's going to be an interesting time for some of these young guys come all-star weekend.
0: Dude, it's going to be fun to see um, for a guy who's having a really down year at Scotty Barnes, like comparatively to his rookie season, I yeah. guess he's still phenomenal. And like, that's why I want all Raptors fans to just kind of like, take a step back when it comes to scotty barnes like let the man breathe like this guy's gonna be a superstar trust me um but yeah man like i'm excited for all-star weekend but all-star weekend is is kind of the worst weekend in all of sports for every single league like yeah the nfl's all-star game is this weekend does anybody really care no literally you know who one of the starting quarterbacks in the afc is Tyler Huntley.
1: The man played
0: in six games this year and was bad in his six games. Like, do we have nobody that could start in this game or play in this game? It's because they're like, you know, so many guys decline based on injury or based on whatever. They don't want to play. Patrick Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl. He's not playing. Jalen Hurts going to the Super Bowl. He's not playing. But, like, how bad is that? Like, I don't want to watch the NHL All-Star game. I don't want to watch the NBA All-Star game. Like, that stuff's just boring to me.
1: And, like, we could talk about the controversies of the dunk contest and how that's been disappointing for years. But, no, I think we'll just let it be. We'll move on. I think it's time for takes, my friend. Would you like to go or shall I lead?
0: No, man, you can go.
1: Well, okay. It's trade season, so I feel like I had to throw a trade out here. A player that has been kind of forgotten about, kind of doesn't do much anymore for Philadelphia, a player that I was a big fan of, who I don't want on the Raptors anymore, but I think could be very beneficial for certain teams, is Matisse Steibel. And I think a team that could definitely use his defensive prowess, and could definitely find a way to easily get a trade to him, is the Sacramento Kings. And Matt knows that I want to see more beam season happening, so I think this would be a really good pickup for that Sacramento team.
0: I, mean, I think it's a, it's a really good pickup. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a shooter, but they've got a ton of shooters.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so he adds like a defensive guard presence, which, you know, with Fox is, is okay, but they do have Dave Dave, uh, Davion Mitchell. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they, if they make the trade for him. Cause I think Davion and him have pretty similar, you know, player profiles. And if the Raptors are teaching us anything, when you load up on one player profile, you kind of leave a lot to be desired um but i'm gonna go to the lakers here man they're gonna go 3-0 and this week man i i believe in the lakers i believe in lebron um i believe that he's gonna get to the kareem kareem record uh, versus okc again on tuesday you know they play i believe it's tonight then they play saturday and then they play tuesday in okc and i think he gets the record there man i i think that it's uh it's gonna be you know not a crowning achievement but which should be a huge deal in the NBA, which is not being treated like a huge deal. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, it's like fait accompli. Like, even he's talking about the fact that, like, they were interviewing him, and he's like, no, no, I'll, I'll get the record. Like, yeah, it's, it's not weighing on me. Like, I'm going to get it. Like, you guys, we got, what, 30-plus games left? I got, like, at least two or three more years playing in this NBA, In right. the NBA. Like, I'm going to score 80 points. Like, <laughs>
1: I'm averaging 30. Like, let's okay. just be real. Here. <laughs> so, so of LeBron's, <laughs> what, 20-year career at this point in time, in your mind, as a true LeBron fan, what's your, like, iconic LeBron moment? Like, what's the one that stands out for you?
0: The, the block on Andre Iguodala. That's blocked by James, man. Yeah, like, that's, that is, that's yeah. the pinnacle. Like, okay, but what's
1: his most iconic shot? Or, like, you know, what's his thing that you would think of?
0: Oh, I don't, man, I don't know if, if it's a shock because he's not a, he's not a, like, it's the craziest thing that he's going to be the all-time NBA scoring leader without, it, without being, being, like, yeah. the, like, a true just scorer. Like, I understand that, like, his, his passing in his, um like, you know, all round game comes from the fact that he's a dominant scorer. Yeah. But he's never, ever been considered that, like, you know, true dominant scorer. And this man just gets it done, you know. I would also think that like that bank shot is also etched in my mind. Oh, the no offense, the yeah. Raptors over OG Ananobi. Like yeah. that is just etched in my in my brain as a as a LeBron GOAT play. But yeah, man, he's he's too good. He's the only guy in the top five of both. He's the only guy in the top twenty of both. Like yeah. it's of assists and uh, of points because he moved into fourth all-, all time like against the Knicks and nobody cared.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody I mean, said anything. We are f- <laughs> so blessed to have a player of his talent in the league, and it's crazy to think that sometime in the next week, and if not the next week, in the next two weeks, this man is going to break what many consider to be an unbreakable record. Pretty yeah, exciting absolutely. times in the NBA for sure.
0: Yeah. You know what else is really exciting about the NBA? You know, I was thinking about the top players in this league. The four top players in the NBA, to me, none of them are from the United States.
1: Yeah, true.
0: You got you got Luka, yeah. you got Giannis, you got Jokic, and you got Embiid. Those are my top four. Like, yeah, four guys that like I think are the best. I think Tatum is is close to there. I think John Morant's close to there. I think Steph Curry's close to there, mm-hmm. but. I think those four guys in their prime dominating the NBA night in night out like it's it's
1: and, lovely to see man. And that also goes to show why basketball is a growing presence globally, you know, to have these international stars. And you know, as as the one international team, you know, as a fan of the one international team in the league cuz we get to be international as Team Canada, I'm on board with this, you know. I think international stars wouldn't mind going to Canada, so I like this trend. Let's keep it up. Yeah. Yeah, they
0: they're from colder countries. They get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else, my friend? No, man. I think you're good to wrap us up and get your dog. I know. Violet's just been going off this whole episode. There's somebody outside the front door. Who knows? Maybe I'm getting deliveries. Maybe Allison ordered something. But maybe. Thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out the theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.